like in all seriousness, we were told, look, don't don't look at anything to do with Halloween. It's when the druids come to your house to steal your oldest daughter. Welcome, listener, to episode thirty-nine of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. I'm Fox Lee, Director's Cut. With me today, Jeb Wrench, Game of the Year Edition. You can just call me Gachi. And Talon Lee, Collector's Edition, with pencil board and body pillow. Only available on VHS. So hey. Alright, oh hey, it's my job when I've done the yeah. intro, isn't it? Sorry, it's been so long! That's fine. <laughs> you need to get like, you need to get like poster board segue here. They can hold up to each other. Yeah, because let's face it, a visual medium like podcasting would really work with props. Actually, I, I could see little signals to each other being used. That's what I'm talking like, about. Don't talk it's... for a second. Ooh, 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 I want to talk about thing. Over on the greatest podcast in the history of our sport, they apparently are using wrestling moves to signal when they want to talk or when they want the other person to stay quiet for a bit. <laughs> Wouldn't that cause some problems on the record? I don't know, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> So there's a lull of the conversation, just diamond cutter out of nowhere. <laughs> okay, I thought, uh, I admit when you said that, I thought you meant they like mime wrestling moves at each other as a signal. <laughs> and I was making a joke about, wouldn't it be awkward if they performed wrestling moves in the middle of a podcast? Telling me they actually do? I don't know. They are in different countries, so I don't think. Do they don't... say them to each other? I don't. Th- I'm so confused. Wrestling is very strange. I don't think Jenna quite has enough time between pauses in the, in the record to to run over to Doc and give him a stunner. I I wouldn't want to be the person who tries to do that at all ever. <laughs> I've seen Doc. I've seen Jenna. <laughs> I think she could take him. A- That's awesome. <laughs> I was still laughing at the other thing. I don't need a prompt. Thank you, Talon. This is all going in. <laughs> Laugh here. Signal. No, no. Here, here's, here's your cut symbol. There we go. I'm not cutting any of this shit. Wow. Here's your here's your cut okay. point. Fuck you. <laughs> Quick, say something unusual. Garbage fire. <laughs> Boy, I think it's fucking ugly. Ask me about. A special guest episode of the podcast with Caitlin on one side and Doc on the other, and we'll get them to talk about wet and watch as Caitlin's incandescent rage at a badly optimized PlayStation 3 game runs headlong into Doc's deep-seated love of chop socky exploitation cinema motifs. I loved how straight up it was just, yeah, you know, it's exactly the same game we would have made with a guy. Yeah, that's cool. I you don't see that very often. That's probably why I love Saints Row so damn much. I, I wish wet was good. Yeah, I really do. And if you like wet, by the way, listener, good. I, I do not want to take that away from you. I just found it so mad. You, you literally can't. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest here. You can't make Isn't them that stop. convenient? It's like, oh my god, he's right. This is terrible. Why am I playing this? It's almost like your personal, pre- personal preferences are completely immune to the desires of critics everywhere. <laughs> Did you hear the news that Valve is... Apparently, I've stopped caring about this sentence already. Trolling. <laughs> Next. Dub in current AAA game. <laughs> wow, that Metal Gear sure is bad. <laughs> that will braid. Wait, what is the... Because Metal Gear is like last month, so... The current one, it'd be the Metal Gear Pachinko Machine. Well, it's been a whole month since 
<laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five came out, and I have to say, it's kind of disappointing. Oh no, it'd be Transformers Devastation. This is like the game review robot. <laughs> its frame rate was not up to snuff. I want. By the way, speaking of frame rates, one thing I will applaud Undertale for: it's pissed off frame rate nerds. <laughs> I. Why I, would you care about frame rates in that kind of game? Because you care about frame rates at all. It's and like complaining about Pokemon not having a full frame rate. If you care about frame rates to the degree these people do, there is nothing that makes sense Fuck to sake. it. It is a shibboleth. It is a. a a hair shirt to wear of, oh, I must suffer in this world of 30 FPS. By the way, having learned about this, one of the people at the PhD uh, department of game development that's going on at my uni has mentioned that his game, thanks to one of the things it has to do, runs at 59.67 frames per second. Yes! So at second, it hits 60, <laughs> and the rest of the time it runs at 59. Uh-huh. Perfect. And so it says, on average, it runs at 59.667. Uh-huh. Hail Satan. And people are mad at him about it. Nice. <laughs> I need those two frames. I gotta see those two frames. I think there should be a rule where you're not allowed to get a reported frame rate from a game. You just have to go, looks like blah. <laughs> and then make your judgment based on that. And if it turns out you're wrong, you have to shut up about it forever and you're never allowed to complain about it again. Look, there is there is an, a very reasonable argument about frame rates as impacting to gameplay but the thing that most people think frame rate does does to affect gameplay it's when frame rate changes mm-hmm. if the frame rate is consistent you don't notice it if the game is designed That's around a particular point. frame rate it doesn't matter like like undertale its combat is is a, a bullet hell thing yeah and people will say well frame rate is important for bullet hells oh because the game was made at 30 fucking frames a second <laughs> Yep. Yeah, yeah, somehow this never came up back in all the classic era bullet hells. You played those just fucking fine. You know what sort of arcade style and like action heavy games I played as a kid? We had fucking 20 if we were lucky. I was going to say Ikaruga runs at 32 and we thought that was a fucking revolution. And that's Ikaruga. Ikaruga what? is also fucking amazing. Yeah, Ikaruga's gorgeous. That's that's Dreamcast heavy lifting oh, right fucking, there. Fucking fucking Gradius, those style those style of of, sh- of shmups, they are made to lower their frame rate <laughs> so that you can actually play them. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I think I... about frame rate nerds. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Frame rate nerds are up there with font nerds. In that Let, they let's have do taken... a little barbershop chorusing. Ready? Oh, Fuck you. Neither of you guys came in. I don't know how to. Okay, so you you stop. Pick a note. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Lovely. <laughs> but uh, frame rate nerds are a lot like font nerds in that there is there is clearly far away from the edge you are standing on a sensible, coherent, even worthy of care concept and argument. But you have gone to a distant place where the only thing that remains is the shadow of how much I hate you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, gamers had maybe a good point somewhere in the background and they've just run that to an extreme that makes them all look like whiny shit babies. Goodness me! I've never heard of that. I, for one, am shocked. I am fucking amazed. So, hey, Fox, what have you been playing this week? Oh, by the way, we have a podcast. (laughs) 
fine. You ask Fox what she's been playing this week. Fox, what do you know? We're starting with you because I think you have the least to ramble about this week. Are you fucking kidding me? Am I fucking kidding you? I've been playing Hotline Miami 2. This podcast is now the Hotline Miami 2 zone. We're going to talk about plot incoherence. We're going to talk about classic 1980s gore cinema. We're going to talk about the imposition of of values in spaces where they aren't deliberate. We're going to talk about excellent exoludic structures that create the illusion of meaning. We're going to talk about Hi, listener. if you don't stop me. Stop I me know that you've stopped listening a while ago, but I can assure you that the Downloadable Concept Podcast will not feature what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, we lost them at cut. <laughs> uh, Fine, Jeb, what have you been playing? I can tell it's done. <laughs> That was your chance. You missed it. <laughs> so, Hotline Miami 2. <laughs> oh, oh, no, not point of order. <laughs> oh, God, I think the floor has gone to Senator Wrench. I'm going to be taken to podcast jail. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeb. The floor recognizes... So, Senator Fox, what are you been playing? <laughs> the floor recognizes the senator from Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the listener finds this funny because I'm not cutting any of it. We're, we're doing it live, folks. We're doing it live. <laughs> it's a silly episode. But seriously, Jeb, you've been playing video games? I have been playing video games. Why, just earlier today, I uh, did a sealed pre-release of Battle for Zendikar Magic Online. Hey, cool. Was it fun? Playing magic is fun, so... <laughs> right, good, cool. <laughs> Battle for Zendikar like doesn't add much to it. It's just, you're playing magic. I did, I like the pause there. <laughs> it's like, uh, there's, there's, a cav- there's, a, there's a caveat. It's like, Battle <laughs> for Zendikar is still really boring. <laughs> oh, but you still get to play magic, which is fun. So if you like playing magic, you'll you'll have fun playing Battle for Zendikar. Because Battle for Zendikar is a good limited format. Oh dear. Sorry, just the, just the bold the bold face emphasis you've got on that phrase there <laughs> sort of makes me worry. Well, well, Wizards of the Coast is very good at making good limited formats <laughs> because they've been doing it for twenty fucking years. I mean, they've got a lot of practice at making a good limited format. I I do remember that the all-purpose comment for set reviews was it has its place in limited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a new one now. It's like, well, it has applications in Commander. <laughs> I um, for, for perspective when Fox and I came into Magic the set of the day was Onslaught Legion's Scourge and that as a limited format um, there was an uncommon for 7 mana that dealt 7 damage to a player <laughs> there were good odds that it wouldn't show up in your draft you wouldn't have any idea what was happening and then all of a sudden your opponent taps for 7 and you're like oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I thought I'd stabilised <laughs> I seem to recall the first set we reviewed, though, was the beginning of Ravnica, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there, there's something for the industrious archive hunters to find. The set <laughs> reviews I uh, that went up under my name on Star City Games, which were as much Fox going, This art is bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> the fuck I, even uh, is it, Jace? If, if only we'd stuck around and done them for lore when I would have been going, this is so pretty! <laughs> Draw more like elves with atlas, this is the best elves! No, then you, and, really, and, could, you really couldn't have said, whoa, this, what the fuck is even a Jace? Yeah, that was when Jace first appeared. <laughs> he showed up there. Yeah. He was the lore in five. Yep. Yeah, I thought Planeswalkers didn't exist until, like, after Zendikar. Nope. 
That's, been around for years. It was. Play a lot of it was World Wake. It was World Wake when people people took notice. Yeah, that was when Jace got really broken, as opposed to just really good. As opposed to <laughs> now, when he's just oh, oh right, yeah. The, yeah. World Wake. Shit. World. The, the first trip to Zendikar was was when Standard had a ridiculously expensive copy of a version of Jason it, as opposed to this return to Zendikar when Standard has a ridiculously expensive version of Jason it. <laughs> The worst the, planeswalker in Origins. That was my primary concern was being angry at Teferi. <laughs> hey, I, I think that's totally just. Fuck them, Teferi was green! Mechanically speaking, yes, the card Teferi is definitely a yes, card. Yes, mechanically green. speaking, I don't care about the character. <laughs> he's a blue wizard, there's a 95% chance he's a shit. <laughs> so, uh, you played some Battle for Zendikar. How did that work out? <laughs> I, I had a really good card pool, so I won, because there's not much. There's a huge gap in the the power level between the really good stuff and the the the, the low end the, the 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 chaff of the set. Oh no, mm, that's not good. Like the I had I had a I had a ridiculously good set of white rares, and then just I could throw whatever else I wanted in. That sucks. Uh, why am I still ta- why am I still talking about Battle for Zendikar? I played Metal Gear Solid Five: Fan of Pain this week. Oh yeah. Does Metal Gear Solid Five have Jason it? Uh, no. Uh, what it does have, however, is it, at, my my it, mercenary group, uh, which I have named Pink Chick. <laughs> I would like to remind you that since someone can have the call sign special boy, actually, Jace might be in Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> procedurally generated somewhere. Hundred percent research, special boy. Well, that would be Hideo Kojima, so um, <laughs> who is a character in the game, um. <laughs> But this is definitely a serious series. It's a very oh, serious video game where Hideo Kojima is someone you could rescue in Ground Zeroes, <laughs> and then he joins your 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 mercenary company, your research team in in Phantom Pain. And you can fulton him off into the sky. No, you can't. What? No, bullshit. <laughs> you can't yeah, even fire him. Aww. Does he go spoiler like everyone else, and then you spoiler him? No, he just Aww. exists. Damn I can't. It. I can't even not have him <coughs> because I did the mission not realizing that I was going to rescue that it was to rescue him, and I rescued him. It's like, no, I don't want you. Go away. <laughs> Get out of my game. Hideo Kojima is the Yoga Ball self-insert character, pretty much. Which is odd because like... the Yoga Ball is Jace's self-insert character. I think there might actually be like a, like a circle here where where someone's inserting. Oh, this this is going to a bad place. <laughs> So, yeah, I have been uh, I've been playing Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, which <sighs> okay, Metal Gear Solid has always been a stealth game. That's just the way it. That's what they decided to do. The Metal uh-huh. Gear Solid Five games uh, they reward you primarily for the time it takes you to do a story mission, <laughs> and you're playing as the world's greatest soldier, <laughs> so it is completely viable to go. 100% full on Rambo and probably rank higher than if you do good stealth. <laughs> However, you will get rank even higher if you do incredibly good stealth. If you're if you can either be a Rambo or a super spy. <laughs> so it does actually reward you for stealthing well if you're really really good at it. If you Stealth super well, does it want you to ghost, or can you stealth super well and break everyone's necks? 
you can well uh the 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 the, the most the, the the highest uh the the highest rank you can get for for being stealthing really good is to not leave any indication that you were ever there so that includes yeah. not leaving behind any cardboard boxes or holy shit <laughs> So you can kill everyone, but you'd have to dispose of the bodies. Uh, well, no, they would eventually. Uh, those don't qualify. You'd have, you have to do a no kill, no contact, no not no. no. <laughs> so yeah, total ghost. Uh, As second. opposed to what is it, wild hog, where you get a whole bunch of non-lethal takedowns with a horse. I I still uh, contend that that would not exactly be non-lethal. <laughs> I, I, I'm not I saying did, you have no I have, surviving. Well, but... they 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 run out of the way. <laughs> they they they. Get knocked out as they're jumping away from the horse. <laughs> oh, oh, fair enough. It's not like a full-on you know, trample situation here. Are you suggesting that I've not turned the horse around and walked over them afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> well, that then. then Sorry, the, what game have you been playing? Well, the thing is, then the beeper alarm for when you're backing the horse up that'll alert them and they'll get out of the way again. They're unconscious. <clears throat> Their heads are getting stepped on no matter what. <laughs> the, the the thing is that um, stealthing is very rewarding to pull off in it. So you could say that's kind of its own reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But shooting guys in it is also very, very rewarding. <laughs> it is very difficult to play Metal Gear Solid Five and not have fun. And that's a really good thing to say about a video game. Yeah, that sounds great. A little context to remember is that I, I still have Hyrule Warriors on my brain half the time. <laughs> An opponent is my favorite weapon in that game. <laughs> Well, my favorite Link weapon, anyway. I actually like playing Impa more than anyone else, but that's not the point. <laughs> that's still really cool. And the, the especially when you're dealing with a game that's that big, typically speaking, when we have games of a certain enormity, there's going to be bits of it that are a bit crap, like in Final... Not Final Fantasy, in um, uh, Fallout Las Vegas. Las Vegas. New Vegas. Uh, there are certain sections, certain weapon types that are just bad, and that's kind of, well, you try them out, you find they're bad, you don't use them, you move to one of the ones that does work. Metal Gear Solid Five has managed to tune its bits so that stealth or Rambo is fun, then that's really good. Oh, yeah, totally. I boo, but I do... Like, I... Unless you have a very singular goal in a game, you should pretty much be able to take it on how you want. Like, if you pretend to have the freedom of, well, you could sneak around or you could just, you know, gun down everyone in your path, then you probably should make them more or less equal options. Or you can call in airstrikes from your helicopter, which has a minigun, and plays Kids in America <laughs> as it zooms across the battlefield. Also an equal choice. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's, it's really... It, 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 does, it does honestly go to show that, you know, for all everyone says, oh, all AAA games are garbage, and all this is bad. Well, there, there's, a, there's a marked difference that that good application of money can do. Because also, because uh, the the money in Metal Gear Solid Five was spent in the right ways. It it was <laughs> well managed. It's you know people will say oh eighty million dollars to make this game or whatever it was. I don't know. It's like well, it's really good. It's really good. Triple A budget. The story. Are a bit the story. Absurd. The story is by the way just garbage. But nobody of cares about it the is. story. It's garbage. It's a Metal Gear game. Now two points very quickly to outline. Because uh, I know you have on-the-ground experience with it now, and this is what I've heard. I understand it's possible to unlock a outfit for Quiet. I have not even unlocked Quiet yet. Oh, fair enough. Um, the other thing I've been told is that you can go on missions as some of your troops. So, yes. 
so if there is a lady trooper you like, you can totally go play Metal Gear Solid Five as Lady Trooper. Yes, you can play as a woman. Oh, so you do get some randomly generated ones. I don't know if there are any randomly generated women or not. The one, the the one woman that I have in my 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 uh, at Mother Base, I rescued in the in Ground Zeroes. However, that is another thing I have not unlocked yet, which is the ability to use other people. So that is that is kind of interesting because. I mean, we have already observed that Quiet is basically being treated on par with the dog and the horse. <laughs> so it's entirely possible that there are no randomly generated women, because being woman is a special property on par with being dog or horse. And, by the way, for some perspective, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 5's current budget numbers that we've been given is $80 million. Mm-hmm. That compares to, say, Watch Dogs, which was $70 million. And All Points Bulletin, if you remember that, which was $100 million. And, of course, Star Wars The Old Republic is sitting very close to the top of a very big pile <laughs> at $200 million to develop. Don't look at me! Yeah. Oh, God. MMOs are another beast entirely. I, yeah. I know this is a personal bugbear, but is there a bigger fucking waste of money in AAA games than paying for full voice acting? Uh, by the way, Too Human, that Silicon Knights game, $110 million to make. You know, they, you think with that much money in the budget, they could have bought the fucking license for the engine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck, we ran out of money. How did this happen? <laughs> Whoopsie. It's like we spent a hundred million, hundred million dollars on this. We didn't buy a $10,000 engine. What? And <laughs> we didn't get any QA testing. Wait, that's how much the engine costs? Unreal. It's really cheap. Now it's free, I think. I, well, that's what I was gonna. I thought he said like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, like I Life thought it was cheap. Fifteen years, ten ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago, a I, remarkable I, price drop. No, I thought Unreal was supposed to be in the realms of like uh, indie turning pro kind of range. That's uh, that's more well. Ten thousand dollars was reasonable for indie turning pro kind of range, but yeah, that they've also they've they've moved their most recent uh, version has moved towards the direction of trying to compete with unity so yeah right that's probably where i'm remembering the figures from then so fox what have you been playing recently i thought you'd never ask you remember how last week i said i'd been playing rune factory but unfortunately it wasn't rune factory 4 because i didn't have that yet well now i have rune factory 4 the day after we recorded (laughs) (laughs) the day after we recorded I found out that after you finish the second plot arc of the game, you can get a special, uh, well, uh, flag that lets you take on the appearance of another character in the game, including the officer gender protagonist. (laughs) So, you can sort of cheat the whole heteronormative angle. And you can have gay princes. And I can romance all the boys without having to deal with the female main character's weird nipple tab costume. (laughs) I'm not kidding, have you looked at her design? Not yet. the, the character designs from this game are very cute. It's, it's much like the rest of the series. Everyone's adorable. All the characters look like teenagers, even if they're supposed to be of a marriageable age. But for some fucking reason, the girl character has these two little, just, tabs hanging off exactly where her nipples would be on the top of her armor. And one of them has a couple of bits of chain hanging from it. It's the weirdest fucking thing. And as soon as I noticed it, I could not unsee it. Every time she was on screen, I was like, ah, what? Ah, no. <laughs> Ventilation ports. What is that for? Anyway, so I, I, I just played Boy Side instead, because apparently when you unlock this uh, property, you can use it in a new game. This is my plan. <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's a really fun game. <laughs> Weird nipple tabs aside, um, it fixes a lot of the more annoying stuff from the earlier Rune Factories. It's not very Harvest Moon by the end of it all. The emphasis on the whole, you know, just, just you know, plant your crops and maintain your fields and keep all your animals happy and gather and plant and blah blah blah. There's a lot less of that, but it's like you guys were talking about different playstyles and having them all be more or less valid. Yeah, you can sort of just ignore the fields a lot <laughs> if you happen to want to. I mean, you still ultimately have to do them. There's, you know, a series of main sort of quest lines that unlock more and more stuff. They mostly unlock more stuff for the growing and planting side of things. So, once again, that doesn't matter to you all that much. Though, the last thing you showed me from this game was Shrek the Giant Sheep. <laughs> I haven't caught it yet, but when I do, I'm going to name it Shrek. You're not going to name it Mutton? <laughs> I'm going to name it Shrek. There, there was a famous sheep in New Zealand. It got away from the farm for, I think, 17 years and went without ever being sheared, and it just was enormous. <laughs> this was a figure of folklore. So, some, I, so, so what you're saying is somebody once told him the world was going to own him. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway... There, there was quite the news item when they finally caught the sheep and brought it in and cut like 20 kilos of wool off it or something. Yeah, Shrek finally brought into justice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Hotline Miami 2, the argument against Americanism. Wait, no, <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, fun game. Uh, drastically improved combat system. Really freaking cute. Um, really cute. <laughs> If, if you want a game where you cook breakfast for all your adorable friends in your adorable village and you bring them pancakes every morning, uh, you know, it, you really can't go past it. I also quite like the, the subtle implication that your farming, despite being the prince or the princess, is also feeding a huger number of people. Oh, that bit's weird as fuck. <laughs> there is... This is one thing that I would question about the way they handle the plot <laughs> in this game, actually. The fact that they've... You're not actually a prince or a princess, but they put you into that role at the beginning because of reasons. Um, so they're like, well, we'll just say that you're the princess, <laughs> but, you know, it'll work. Uh, and despite this, there's, you know, somehow it's your job to work the only visible farmland in this country. It's not <laughs> and, like, how the feudalism shops won't works. stock seeds, the, the, you know, stores won't have vegetables in them until you've grown them once and shipped them away. And then they can get a regular supply, but somehow this all hinges on you getting out and, you know, putting seeds in dirt. I understand this is how people think monarchy works, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's, no, if there's no king, there'll be nothing. There'll be anarchy. There'll be chaos. Nothing will happen. <laughs> and there's, like, this mysterious space out the back of the castle that, as you expand the farm, just gets bigger and bigger without the town ever changing size. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? The prince is... The princess is upgrading his mother base. <laughs> You're shrinking. The rest of the town is still the same size. Well, yeah, when you go back through the doorway, you go back to your normal size. But every time you go out to the back, you get tiny, tiny, tiny prince. <laughs> and so do all my cows and, and chickens. Oh, by the way, I have misrepresented the name of the chicken monster in Rune Factory. It is not, in fact, Cockadoodle. It is Cluckadoodle. <laughs> I knew you guys would like that better. I... I... I'm slightly mad that you interrupted my joke chain that was going to end with the fingerprints, but, you know. Yeah, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> They're done. I'm, I'm sure after Purple Rain he's into that. Anyway. 
Um, I will say... You the... can't steal Animaniacs jokes. <laughs> yes, I can, and I just did. Motherfucker. <laughs> I will say the selection of uh, eligible girlfriends and boyfriends is a lot better if you happen to be playing the girl character. Um, it's not like I hate any of the female love interests, it's just most of them are a bit bland. There's one I really like, who who is a lady knight, and she is super great, but... Uh, the, the, the next two most interesting girls, once again, I can't get married to. <laughs> oh. One of them, it really doesn't make sense. One of them is like the mother of another love interest, so it sort of makes sense that you can't romance her. Because, I don't know, she's supposed to be an old woman or something. But one of them is like this weird, quirky detective girl who runs the flower shop, and she has love interest written all over her. <laughs> she just, I feel like she got bumped off the roster right near the end. Quir- quirky detective lady... Uh, who's who turns out not to be a love interest? I know. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention She's it, gay. She does adopt one of the other girls. Adopt, oh. you say. <laughs> that she, by the way, gay. is. Uh, She's, there's an ongoing theme of, of uh, monster gay. people in this game. <laughs> there's uh, two monster boys and two monster girls who are in the, the love interest set, but one of the girls is a little butterfly monster, and, you know, she's sweet and lovely, but she looks like she's fucking ten years old. Oh, no. And oh, I agree creeped dear. the fuck oh, no. out by the fact that she is a love interest. No. <laughs> no. I'm like, hey, you're adorable. Have a cookie. Do I want to romance you? Oh, hell no. No, no, no. <laughs> It's no, just a cookie, it's just kid. Not, this is not a romantic cookie. <laughs> not romance cookie. <laughs> this is a platonic cookie. Which is really weird because romance cookie was one of my OKCupid profile names <laughs> before the incident. <laughs> Since you mention it, basically all the guys will give you sweets on white day. Aww. Uh, you know, as long as they have a baseline level of liking you. But it's a little weird because when you give them sweets, they're all like, this is weird and uncomfortable. They're like, what? You all just gave one to me. What do you think this is? <laughs> is it, what, are you only into the gay if I'm the girl? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so, Rune Factory 4, you're enjoying it? <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> the final boss fight is, is the <laughs> difficulty curve jump from hell. Right. So, it's just the final boss fight. And, again, I'm thinking more in terms of Harvest Moon. Of what, what, a really big worm is eating your crops? <laughs> So, no, no, Rune This pumpkin, this pumpkin fight. is, this pumpkin is too big. I've got to, I've got, I need to use all my strength to pick it. No talent. He's the emperor of the evil empire nation who's trying to use the power of the divine dragons to become a god because it's a JRPG. What the hell did you think was going to happen? I thought the great pumpkin would arrive and you'd have to fight him based on Earthbound. <laughs> Oh, based on based on uh, innocent life. I mean that that game's final encounter is with a <laughs> island destroying is is with an island destroying volcano. Yes, but it's a Harvest Moon game. This is a fantasy Harvest Moon, which means the most predictable JRPG tropes in the book. Somehow we managed to actually work it in that you kill God. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He's trying to become God, and right before he does his power-up with the MacGuffin you've been chasing, he gives you a speech about how you shouldn't disappoint him because you're special and you have power, and surely you can demonstrate that now he has managed to become a God. I mean, it's absolutely by the numbers. (laughs) The story in this thing is pointless, except for the excuse to get monster points. (laughs) That's wonderful. Can you marry the God King? No. Because he's old and smelly. What the fuck? Is... Yeah, but power. 
Uh, but you're more powerful than him because you understand the importance of friendship. So you usurp his throne. <laughs> See, you thought they were just having you work in the fields for no particular reason. Uh, no, it's for friendship. <laughs> I. It's to keep you grounded in a realistic understanding of what it means to get your hands dirty and do good, wholesome, normal person work, I think. I'm glad we didn't get any American imperialism in this game. <laughs> We've got we've got no politics in Metal Gear. We've got no politics in Rune Factory. Maybe this is just what they're telling me, so I keep growing strawberries for everyone. <laughs> I've just had two ideas from the day crashing together in my head, and now I want to see the pro team harvest moon. Uh, oh God! Pro stars. Pro stars. That's what it. What are you doing? <laughs> It'd be like the Last Vikings, <laughs> but harvest moon. <laughs> Oh, I'll I'll uh, shoot this orange into the shipping box. Yes. And, uh, no, 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 no. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Will you will will shoot the 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 seeds into the hoops, which are the planting holes, <laughs> and then Bo Jackson will will run across them, pushing the <laughs> pushing the, the dirt over to make sure they're buried, and then Wayne Gretzky comes along. With his uh, sprinkler water, with his sprinkle water sprinkler hockey pucks, and shoots those over the field to water the crops. Surely Gretzky is tilling the fields. I mean, that's just asking to happen. I would like to let you know, listener. Jeb's not making up this idea of these three characters. He's got like plow skates. <laughs> he just goes vroom. That line's done. Anyway, uh, are we done with Rune Factory? <laughs> I think we must be. It's uh, it's become a deformed mutant. So, uh, we're going to go on to uh, uh, another game that doesn't have politics in it. It's time for retro <laughs> right? gaming news, right? <laughs> I see yeah. remember Talon didn't have anything much to talk about. Right. <laughs> we'll just get one episode where we bring on Rachel, and it will be just a solid block hour of her and I talking about Hotline Miami, and you two will be like, oh, no, shut up, shut up, shut up, we're talking about Hotline Miami. <laughs> Give me my cue cards. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just lean into my microphone and say, hey, listener, how you doing? <laughs> I know that they're still talking, but I appreciate you here on the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Just a slow fade out at the start of the conversation, fade back up after an hour of silence, saying, we cut six hours there. I'll just, 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 we'll phase you I'll just, a little bit and just have Jeb talk over you. So you see, this week, I've been playing. <laughs> Tell us about how Wayne Gretzky would plow a field. All right, all right. Talon. Wayne Gretzky plowing a field is my OK Cupid profile name. God damn it. That's a good one. Oh, that was the joke from the other night. It gets old, but it never gets tired. <laughs> That's my FetLife profile name. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, your politics free gaming experience, Talon. I'm right. playing Hotline Miami, too. Talon. Good. That that definitely fits the politics free. Yeah, there's, description. No, there's definitely no politics. There's de- and there's definitely no undercurrent of nukes are very bad, which, as we know, is the message of all Metal Gear games. I am asking you about Hotline Miami too. Uh, to not be super, you know, extensive because this is a, it, it's a game that's not for everyone. I know that. Um, I've been playing Hotline Miami. Can too. I take a moment to say the phrase "It's not for everyone"? 
has got to be the most useless <laughs> phrase yes. in criticism ever. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a packing peanut. It's a it's a cliche that serves a purpose. You should be required to view it in blinking letters anytime you listen to a review. But that that's actually something that's really this... important to me because we have this culture where saying something like, you know, I didn't like this game, even if you phrase it as a personal thing of I didn't like this game, that can upset people. As if there's somehow some objective standard by which games should be judged as opposed to being subjective artistic experiences. Well, there, there, there is a standard. There, there's a gold standard. We all know what the gold standard is, and that's DuckTales. I, I thought he was going to say Bad Rats. Mm. Still, uh, Hotline Miami 2 is... Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the most important aspect of comedy is timing. <laughs> Uh, at, at its core, Hotline Miami 2 is kind of like a supercut of pretty much every super gory movie from the 1980s, except Robocop. Like, seriously, it's got a hard-boiled cop drama with a policeman on the edge. It's got a journalist who st- who's become embroiled in gang activity as a way to try and just try to find the truth. And you've got genuine, outright mobster-on-mobster murder-fest action, and you have... All of these stories. Oh, you also have Rambo. It, it jumps to Rambo at one point, uh, and it, it's it's an amazingly dense little nugget of all these gameplay experiences, which are the good actiony bits of movies and tiny slivers of explaining what the fuck is going on wrapped around it. It works well. So it's the it's it's the two D top down version of Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> in a way interesting that you should refer to it like that because i don't really think of any of those genres you just described as super gory super violent definitely but (laughs) gore especially in the 80s is something i associate way more with horror Mm -hmm. well there's also a horror film oh there is okay uh there's also a which 80s horror film uh it attempting to evoke uh the lone knife wielding um I, I apologize for using this word. I'm using it to refer to a trope, but the Madman. It's not a supernatural horror film. It's about a dude who puts on a mask and runs around with a knife killing people. Um, but which one? <laughs> it's true. It's a, Is it more Halloween or is it more Friday the 13th? It's a bit more Halloween. Uh, okay. And and again, this, this is layers of framing devices and that tiny lick of trying to make this make sense. The... The big thrust of sorry, the central message of ladies, the central point, I guess, of Hotline Miami Two is pointlessness. That a lot of this stuff is very silly and doesn't have a lot of coherence to it, and that's kind of very deliberate. It's much more about enjoying individual experiences than sending broad, wide messages. And at the end of the game, literally every character dies, and and you get some choices along the way. You get to muck around with narrative. It is a genuinely interesting set of background storytelling elements. They do an amazing job with just like pixel or like there there is a, a sequence where you're playing the journalist and you're just walking from his bedroom to his desk to just do some vague setting kind of stuff. And in the background, there's his kids' room. There's the room he shares with his wife, which has got a cot in the corner. And in the kids' room, there are identifiable toys. And there's um, stuff in a closet as you walk past it because of course you've got a top down view they do an amazing job with making this very low resolution set of sprites really work to convey a ton of implicit information about the narrative 
they're really quite good for a game that's pretending to be really stupid. It's really not. That's sort of in line with the first one, where trying to add a story to it made it way worse. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, that's what I was worried that 2 would be. Like, uh, don't, don't try and add story into this thing. If you, if you treat 2 as mandatory part of 1, like if you look at 1 and say, in light of 2, what do we know? Then I actually feel it does very much make it worse. Because uh, Jacket, the protagonist of Hotline Miami 1, shows up in Hotline Miami 2 but never is playable and never talks. Mm-hmm. You don't get to know much about the character beyond you know where they were, which is they were in a military unit. And suddenly all that violence in Hotline Miami 1 becomes, well, it's PTSD. Well, it's, it's the, it's the uh, trauma of a soldier. And that's a narrative that I feel... Just, just having a definite answer, I feel, yeah, diminishes Yeah, explaining it. that in the first one would have been a really bad move. And also PTSD is a sucky enough thing without us making stories about how it makes you a monster. So For sure. I feel that that weakened... I feel that Hotline Miami 2 weakens Hotline Miami 1 if you view them as necessarily connected. Um, but on its own, it's not necessarily... Uh... On, its, on its own, it's got some remarkably smart stuff in it. In particular, it's regular undercurrent of interreferential incoherence, which I know that doesn't sound like I'm making sense, but it, I, I really mean it. In that there are points where you will see the same experience from multiple perspectives. Oh. And they can't work. They cannot possibly actually be connected to one another. So you, it, it is a game of unreliable narrators all crashing against each other. Anyway. Um, Does it ever give you a correct answer to any of that? No. That's pleasing. No. Uh, uh, if you look at my theory on the Hotline Miami <laughs> wiki, you will see right, that... Oh, and don't, don't ever go to the Hotline Miami wiki... Um, <laughs> Uh, the wiki is good. The comments section, because it's a wiki-style wiki, which also at the bottom of everything, it, it's just the worst. It is <laughs> it is full of the worst kind of people being snotty at one another for the worst kind of reasons. It's just really sad. Don't read the comments. It's for your health. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would say about Hotline Miami 2 that's got me ultimately excited is that it's going to have a, a level editor. And that level editor hey. is going to have in it... Uh, characters and cutscenes, and you can make campaigns. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dallin likes getting in on that Mario Maker money. <laughs> Dallin likes anything that will let him GM for people. Well, also, I, I I know friends who want to make their own levels. I'm like, yes, I want to I want to play your Hotline Miami levels. I want to play your I want to play the game that you want to share with me. I, I like that. Listener, I want to play the original game with no dogs. If you make a Hotline Miami 2 level for the downloadable concept podcast, Talon will play it for you. <laughs> Almost certainly. Be sure to make three identical characters in one costume. <laughs> <laughs> no much lacks mask. Also, uh, on just, just while I'm babbling about how much I like Hotline Miami 2, um, there is, uh, again, this background storytelling, uh, the characterization of one of the groups, they're called the fans, and they're a student film, basically, in that they're really gory and high impact and the plot is awful and the dialogue is really bodgy. Uh, and I, I really like the way... That... I mean, that's the that same, <laughs> <Yeah>. really. <laughs> and the thing is, they had the option... I feel like we can identify with this group. <laughs> they had the option of, well, we're going to give you this group of characters and they're all going to wear animal masks. And so when you have animal masks on characters, you almost always get animal totemization through those characters. You get people to say, well, this character is a wolf because they're loyal. And, and that's like the really obvious way to handle it. One of the pe- one of the characters is a pair of characters, a brother sister duo called Alex and Ash, mm-hmm. who fight with guns and a chainsaw, 
and same and <laughs> all at once. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they oh, wear swans. Your teeth. They wear swan masks. Swans don't have teeth. No, yeah, swan. Swans will fuck you up. Swans, swans will fuck you up. That's fair. Swans will fuck you up. It's, it's that makes perfect sense to me. First thing I think of when I hear swan is fuck you up. So I mean, it makes sense. But yeah, Alex and Ash, the the swan characters. Uh, if 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 I told you in games that there was going to be a pair of playable characters where one of them is skinny, surrenders at the first sign of trouble, and carries a gun to shoot at range, and the other one is chubby, wears padded body armor, and runs around killing people with a chainsaw, and that one was a boy and one was a girl, you would expect. Broadly speaking, for the boy to be the chubby one with the chainsaw. Well, I wouldn't, but only because you put it to me in this way. Yeah, true. <laughs> there, there is no reason you lead in like that. I'm not going to go, aha! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very clearly a loaded question. But yeah. Which is why, in fact, it is the boy who is the chubby one with the chainsaw. Ah, <laughs> curse you! No. Uh, I really like Hotline Miami 2. I'm probably going to write a bunch of stuff about it. No. It does have, and I know I've mentioned this on my review on my website, but I would just like to mention this here. It does have uh, implied sexual violence in it, and it does have a content option to turn that off. It will ask you about that the first time you start the game, saying, hey, this will happen if you if you allow it, but if you don't want it, you can just turn it off right now. That doesn't necessarily justify it being in the media at all. Like it, you know, the fact that you can not look at it doesn't necessarily fix the fact that it was put in there on its own. That's a discussion for other people to have. Yes, but it does mean that you can have a version of the thing that doesn't have that in it. Which yeah. is... it gives the it gives the the, the, the the it puts the decision in the hands of the person consuming the media. I don't think that's a problem. Yeah. yeah, and it also lets you run around wearing a tiger mask, punching giant mobsters in the face, and <laughs> I like it. <laughs> is it? Yeah, but that's my day to day life. So. <laughs> Is it as pure a fun experience just playing the levels? No. No. Um, there's a lot of... The levels are just bigger. The levels are just flat out larger, and they can be larger than your visual range. It's a lot more possible to get shot from range. Um, there's a lot... The, 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 it used to be, in the first game, the, the tiger mask was... The, the, the Malay mask was... They, they refer to it as the baby mask, because it will save you in every situation there's a problem. It's just like, throw your gun down and punch your way through everything. That'll do. You're, you're okay. Whereas in Hotline Enemy 2, the punches are stronger. You actually punch things you couldn't punch in the first game. But now, you can't pick up guns. <laughs> at all. And that is really dangerous. That's my kind of mask. Yeah. So, there's one level where you get forced to use that mask, and it's really really fun it's really well designed that you can gather a whole giant pile of people and just punch the living shit out of all of them <laughs> but it is also a level where you have to do things like hug corners stick your nose out and say, come on no. uh, uh. that's less fun yeah it's a shame still i really enjoyed hotline mommy too i'm very grateful for the uh the secret the uh, black market trade dark navy market <laughs> it's not really black it you could say that you gave some money to a friend of yours in another country where it's not banned, and he bought it yeah. for you. I, I'm very grateful to the friend who. Uh, I'm very friendly. I'm very grateful to the friend who went through the hoops to buy me this game, uh, even if it was with my money, because it was a lot of work that someone didn't have to do. I'm very grateful to you. I know you're hearing this. <laughs> also enabling us to flout the absurd censorship laws that this stupid country still has. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Anyway. Well, I, I, I do hope that they're listening. Mm. Our censorship board? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yes. Well, also, 
Fuck, Fuck you. you guys. You gave Atelia an R rating. You guys are idiots. Yeah, apparently in our country, Atelia Rorona? No, Totori. No, it's Rorona. Rorona is considered to be as bad for kids as Grand Theft Auto V. And in fact, worse for kids than GTA Less. 4, which got in with the, uh, the MA. MA rating. Yeah. yeah, this is a stupid system. <laughs> Run by a bunch of homophobes. <laughs> that too, yes. Yes, the reason it got that classification is for quote-unquote sexual violence, which is to say your teacher has a lesbian crush on you in Rorona. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, dear. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> Our classification board is made up of just... Yeah, uh, there is there is no appropriate word for insulting them that doesn't insult also the wrong group of people who aren't <laughs> massive assholes. They're jerks. They're shit lovers. Uh, yes, self interested shitheads who don't want anyone else to have fun. They don't think is fun. Fuck them. Why? I think the term that I'd be using for it is that they're a pack of fuck asses. They're a pack of fuck asses. And now it's time for retro gaming news. All the news that's fit to print for the month of October, two thousand and six. Brought to you by the Australian Board of Classifications. So there's nothing in it. <laughs> Alright, so inexplicably, 2006 is a Band! <laughs> just, okay, let, let's, let's just proceed one word at a time. I'll be checking them off as we go. <laughs> it was a year... Bofa. <laughs> it was a year in which a remarkable number of games came out. Oh, games! That's a problem. <laughs> A remarkable number of games came out that were inexplicably tie-ins. Tying! That's fetish! That is banned! Stop this nonsense right now or I'm turning this podcast around. (laughs) We cannot have any silliness on this podcast. It is a serious thing. Jeb's got his leg in my space. (laughs) Jeb's not touching me. Jeb keeps making faces at me. He's doing it again. Turn around. But, um, yeah, just inexplicably, this 2006 is apparently the year where video games happened to things that didn't really have any reason to have video games. So. So we're in tie-in hell? We're in tie-in hell. And, like, genuinely surprised of, like, why why this? Why now? This is more, like, terrible pop culture shit that came out in 2006 in, like, movies and... Oh, it was. That's the thing. The movies, the, the stuff isn't from 2006. It's just stuff. Oh, okay. Well, color me interested. All right, first up, we have a hyper-violent kids cartoon that's still totally socially acceptable. And it's an old cartoon, like 1930s through 40s through onward. Actually, Tom I don't... and Jerry. Yes, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> there was a Tom and Jerry game in 2006. There was a Tom and Jerry Game Boy Advance. What the Game hell? in 2006. Culturally it... relevant. <laughs> Actually, I want to say they, like, made a new Tom and Jerry, like, show or, like, a bunch of, like, direct-to-DVD releases that around then. There was a new show of Tom and Jerry at that point. There we go. Uh, Why, I don't know. You went okay? Uh, well, I-, I also don't know, but apparently in 2006 they decided let's relaunch the brand. And in the process they decided to do that with a video game on the GBA. Oh I don't know why you would try... Ugh. It's not like Tom and Jerry is a terrible show for what it was, but that kind of thing really doesn't modernize. Uh, I don't know. I think you could make you could make a video game out of ridiculous cartoon violence. Oh, a yeah. video game, sure, but I mean relaunching the show in general for a, a modern <coughs> audience. It, oh, uh, yeah. It's not impossible, but you'd have to like change the whole essence of the thing, so you may as well make more like a spiritual successor than a reboot. But all right. 
How about a video game tie-in for a toy that was released in 1964? Is that like a Stretch Armstrong? No, but you're at the right category of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yes! Oh, wow! What? (laughs) The Rock'em Sock'em Robots game that came out in 2006. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) This is the stupidest year. (laughs) It gets... It had... they had their the finger. As well? they, they had their finger on the pulse of pop culture. <laughs> the problem is that the pulse had stopped twenty five fucking years ago. <laughs> all right, all right. This is a Disney property, and it had other video games as well. It was a modern Disney property, so this one actually kind of makes some sense oh, to get a video shit. game at this point. Uh, and it also the characters suit a video game really well. This is, is this the Toy Story? Game? Not Lilo and Stitch. What no. was that, Jim? Toy Story. No, not Toy Story. Um, I think... It, it, not movie. Think TV series. Oh. Kingdom Hearts? Uh, Kim Possible. Kim Possible. Uh, Kim Possible's... That was Disney? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm very fond of Kim Possible, but I can't see it anywhere. It, you know, I, I've seen like six episodes, and they were all on actual physical TV when I was younger. All right. You know we have the interwebs, right? Yes, but without doing piracies. Well, as Australians, we would never do piracies. Yeah. All right, we have. I, I love this. We have. We've had. We've had a bunch of Game Boy Advance releases so far. So what if I told you this was a tie-in game for a TV show on the Xbox, and that's probably the most appropriate place for it. Um, Prison Break. No, think uh, animated. TMNT. No, think more lowbrow. South Park. Think slightly better animation, but you're in the right ballpark there. Slightly better? Well, not slightly, but actually legitimately better. There's some really good fight choreography in that TV series. Well, I I, I was going to guess it was like a Spongebob thing or something, no. but then you said fight choreography. Yeah, it's not Spongebob. It, it, it's like South Park. It very much gets compared to South Park. Uh... It also gets compared to The Simpsons. And yet it has family guy. It's a family guy game. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do have some pretty ridiculous extended fight scenes, don't they? Yeah. And yeah. All right. Wait, is that the that's that first Family Guy game that? Yeah, that a third of the game is just those extended ridiculous fight scenes. (laughs) Yes. Well, that probably is the best thing from the show that you could make into a game. But that's not to say that they would make a good game. Yeah. So yeah, there was a Family Guy video game titled Too Hot for TV. And that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> all right. I will say that I actually quite liked Family Guy when it first came out. Um, mm. I, I don't hate it like I'm supposed to, but uh, I, I'm really very, very glad that I didn't still like it enough at that point <laughs> to have considered trying out the video game. <laughs> the, oh. the recent Family Guy video game is kind of atrocious. The the mobile phone one? No, no, no. The The... the Back to the Multiverse that came out like last year. Oh. I third person shooter. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't watched any of the new stuff associated with it at all. We're talking like first couple of seasons. I was like, yeah, this is pretty fun. I might buy the DVDs. All right. So tie-ins again. Just I, I cannot believe these three came out in the same year. It's a movie tie-in. Uh huh. It is a classic movie, as in I believe it's in the Criterion Collection level classic. It's an American-made movie. I cannot reasonably imagine how you could translate this movie's experience into a video game. Is it live-action? It's a live-action movie, yes. What kind of vintage are we talking about? We're talking, uh, 1975. A 
classic. Didn't we already do Godfather? We already did Godfather. Godfather's not on this list. But yes, you're, you're thinking that right caliber of films. 75. Ooh, my knowledge of 70s films is not strong. It had a lot... The movie had a lot I, I of sequels. Star Wars. Uh, the movie had a lot of sequels and a lot of imitators from other countries. The movie's central icon, the thing that the movie is named after, doesn't show up for most of the movie. Oh, uh, hang on. No. It's like one of the Aliens games or the Predator game or something No, like no, but... They would be kind of relevant in 2006, though, because people have always loved those. Yeah, that's the thing. They would have been relevant, but not this one. <laughs> that's not what this is. Yep. You're on a boat. Jaws? Jaws! There was a Jaws video game in the year of our Lord, 2006. How do you make a Jaws game? Holy shit. I, it's well, I'm a, assuming it's like, I assume they were kind of like aiming for Lord like a, because there, there was uh, the anniversary re-release in theaters. You get to play the shark? Yes, it's an open world oh. GTA-like game. Well, you play, you play the, shark. the shark. Oh, holy Wait, shit. Wait, that sounds awesome. How is this not a great game? <laughs> this sounds amazing. Why am I not playing it right now? And the best thing about this is the developer's previous credit was Echo the Dolphin. <gasps> How is this not a great game? <laughs> I think we just accidentally discovered the game of the year for 2006. <laughs> what platform is this on? It got caught. It's on the PlayStation 2, the Xbox, and the PC. And it was referred to as Grand Shark Auto in Fuck. development. They should have just gone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, this has got to be in a PC bargain bin somewhere. I'm getting this game. We have got to fight this. <laughs> we got to let's play this shit. <laughs> All right. Now, we have a movie that is quoted. He- this is a tie-in game for a movie that is quoted heavily by tiresome white boys. Monty Python. No. Fight Club. Are you no. sure? Monty Python. No. I'm sure. Hold on. Uh, A different Monty Python. <laughs> the actor, the central actor, the, the player of the main character of this movie, uh, has moved on to do a whole bunch of other stuff and indeed kind of gets made fun of for how important their, this role was com- by comparison. Fight Club. <laughs> was there a diehard video game? The movie in question is from 1983. That... You- you can't make me guess that. I was only Back just alive. Back to the future? If Not it came act- out before June, I wasn't there. No, this is a grim, gritty, bloody story with drugs and guns and a famous final Shit. shootout. Oh, fiction? No. No, that is Scarface? not a final Scarface? Scarface! That is a totally different final Who the thing. fuck makes fun of Scarface? I will fight them. <laughs> Scarface... People, people make fun of Pacino because of Scarface. Because, really? you know, all the other stuff what? he's done since is is really bad by comparison to Scarface. Oh. Like, okay, Scent okay, of a Woman okay. compared That's to... different. Comparing, comparing, again, Scent of a Woman to Scarface, you look at the actor and go, wow, you really were cashing a check, weren't you? Scent of a Woman is a grotesque film, though. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how can we make the creepiest possible man alive into our protagonist? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Scarface got a game in 2006, which, mm-hmm. which was compared mm-hmm. to San Andreas and other Grand Theft Auto games. And Jaws. And Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pumped for this. Grand Shark Auto, yes! And they made a point that the voice actor for Tony Montana is voiced by someone that Al Pacino personally picked. Mm. So, you know, whatever. Well, well. <laughs> It's voiced by Al Pacino's buddy Tom. <laughs> Tom Pacino. 
But yes, it is a third-person Grand Theft Auto alike set in the early 80s. Grand Theft Auto clones set in the early 80s? Wow, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> Alright, now we have... Now we have, and this is the last one of these absurd tiles, I promise. This is fun. I know. This is really fun. <laughs> this is, this and game. we've discovered something amazing. This game is not available in Australia and New Zealand. It's based. <laughs> we've rounded out our topic. <laughs> it's based on a movie which is also quoted too much by tiresome white boys. Is this one published? Club. No. Right developer, wrong movie. Sorry, right, right producer, wrong movie. It's a Tarantino. It's a Tarantino yeah, film. Yeah. There was a tar- Kill Bill game. No, that Tarantino. No, that would be current. No. Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> There's a Reservoir Dogs game. There is a Reservoir Dogs that, game. Um... There's a Reservoir Dogs game. <laughs> and Michael Madsen. My is... head can't turn any further right now. <laughs> <laughs> The Australian Board of uh, Film and Literature Classification claimed the game tends to promote and support the infliction of extreme violence and extreme cruelty yeah! for the purpose <laughs> of entertainment. What the fuck do they think video games are for? <laughs> Disclaimer, that was a very broad statement made for the sake of comedy and was not intended to represent all video games. Love. By the way... I'm this very- comment has been banned by the Australian Censorship Board. <laughs> I'm really sorry to say this because it's one year out, but also in October, but 2005, the Warriors video game came out. Oh, I actually heard that was okay. Jeb, please expound to Fox what the Warriors is. Is it about hockey players again? No. (laughs) It's it's gang and crimes and stuff. Does it involve pro wrestlers? No, it's just kind of, it's like... How do you explain the Warriors? <laughs> it's basically a costume department gets told, we need you to make up gangs. And they do. And they are amazing. Yep. And then they fight. <laughs> oh. Okay. It's okay. There's gangs and we fight. Yeah. And the game the game the is baseball good. clowns. What? <laughs> By oh, the way, I recently, disco- I recently discovered from uh, watching a, f- a friend stream the... Uh, the new One Piece Pirate Warriors game. Yeah. Apparently that's how they come up with the pirate crews in One Piece. <laughs> that's awesome. It's like, oh, here's the clown pirates. What? Ah, uh, meanwhile, holy shit, there was a Legend of Arslan Warriors game that came out like this year. <laughs> uh, they, they changed the appearance like just enough that he looks really generic now. And Boom. I'm not kidding. This character they, was... They, he was they, so they fucking they, pretty. They wanted they want to make a tell ear warriors game. Yeah, that that will be amazing. <laughs> I have to know who they're intending to use for that game because what the fuck. So, rounding that, that that's our that's our explicit weirdo tie-ins. Now we have explicit weirdo tie-ins is my OK Cupid profile <laughs> name. So now we have a game. My OK Cupid profile name is Grab the Shock. <laughs> So now we have a game that has an author's name at the very start of the game's name. Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy's... Don't know what the game is. He yeah. made a bunch of games. Rainbow I have no Six. Fucking idea. Uh, Splinter Cell Double Agent. So it's not really a tie-in, but you know. <laughs> Author name, title, subtitle. This is the game that gave us the official height for Sam Fisher, saying that he was five foot six. It's <laughs> like seven foot two. <laughs> <clears throat> we have a Pokemon spin-off game. Stadium. 
Nope. XD. Nope. On the DS. Halo Darkness. Nope. Mystery Dungeon. Nope. Uh, Rose. Uh, nope. Squeak Squad. No, no, no. Pokemon uh, Ranger. Ah, piss. The first Pokemon Ranger game. Ah. That was my next guess. All right. We have a... I hope I get this right because I'm not that super well versed in which Final Fantasy is which. But we have... Ah. <laughs> Final Fantasy. <laughs> Thirteen. <laughs> New. Uh... It claims to have a seamless battle system, a controllable camera, and a customizable combat system. Whatever. Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah, twelve. Huh. Uh, is ten the one that's basically Star Wars? No, that's twelve. No, twelve is the one that's Star Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> ten is is the one with the doofy boy in shorts. Oh yeah, that's the one where you kill Dad. <laughs> He's such a loser. <laughs> ten two is the good one. All right, we have apparently a, so. We have a dungeon, but there's ladies who may or may not have relationships, so it's banned. <laughs> All right. They're also cousins, though, so it's kind of gross. Doubly banned! <laughs> well, cousins, as we know, is secret slang. No, they are actually cousins. What? What are you talking about? Of course they were cousins. What slang? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, they have an entirely slang. innocent they are, relationship. They, so, they are related by blood. Now we have a Dungeons & Dragons game. <laughs> is it... Uh, Shadows of Mystara? Nope. Uh, would this be the Eberron one? Neverwinter Nights 2? Neverwinter Nights 2. Ah. Alright, and this, I, I, I was surprised... I wish the Eberron D&D game had done better, because I find Eberron such a more compelling setting than fucking Faerun. Yeah. I hate Faerun! It's so dumb! And everything you do is irrelevant, because fucking Elminster is <laughs> nannying everything! Oh, I hate him! Gee, I hate it when a setting storyline is overall dictated by one particularly powerful wizard! It's really annoying! <laughs> Alright, and this game, I thought this game was going to be a movie tie-in, because I was sure it was based on the name. And it's not. It's a PSP game. Uh-huh. Uh, it is in separate canon from The Getaway, according to its uh, according to its Wikipedia page. Uh, it's a PlayStation Portable uh, racer game. <laughs> Need for Speed something or other? Uh, you also, nothing, nothing, nothing. You, it also does the Grand Theft Auto thing as well. So, you know, there's racing and there's you know going in and doing crimes. Doesn't matter. Is it a driver I know driver nothing game? that's on the no. PSP except the two uh, games I own. In fact, here, here's the name of the game is Gangs of London. <laughs> you can tell you can tell why I thought that that was a, a movie tie-in, right? It's a soccer tie-in. No, no, it, it's it's just a uh, ah, you missed no. the point. Yeah, it's just a straight-up Grand Theft Auto-style game called Gangs of London that has nothing to do with Gangs of New York. What's the getaway? <laughs> the getaway is another game the same developers apparently made. Oh, fair enough. When you're ripping off Grand Theft Auto so hard that the second time you do it, you have to put a disclaimer on to say it's not related. All right. You're doing something not wrong. Not to be confused with our previous Grand Theft Auto ripoff. It's a tie-in franchise game for a tabletop game. It's considered to be pretty good, all things considered. Is it Warhammer with Sucker Hooligan and Ox? It is Dawn of War, The Dark Crusade. Oh. Well, of course. So let's talk about something else that's very dear to Jeb's heart. Let's talk about a management Bad rats. Game. What are we talking about? An infrastructure management game. Ooh. An infrastructure management? Yes. By a by an auteur developer who sim has an established history. No, not, not a sim game. Is this... I'm just making words because I don't know about sims. We basically. already did From Dust. Yeah, not, not Eric Chahi. 
Though interestingly, the kind of game Eric Chahim, you know, From Dust is the is closer to this developer's kind of game in history, and it's Sid not Pete Molyneux. Sid, Mo- Sid Meier is the uh, man in question. I have no idea which game it will be, unless it's a Civilization game, though. No, it's the only ones I know of. It. It's a game called Railroads. Huh. Oh, which came out in two thousand and six after Maya visited a miniature train museum in Germany. <laughs> And he was like, you know that what? That is one of the most German sentences ever. <laughs> <laughs> Do go on. Uh, he, he, he saw all these little tiny train networks and he was like, you know what? I'm going to go home and make another transport tycoon. <laughs> I'm guessing well, the tone tycoon. of this one is extremely serious and respectful. Yeah, it's not nearly as goofy. <laughs> Here is railroads, and they do railroad things, and if you don't love that, this game has nothing to offer you. Yes. Though to be fair, that's kind of Sid no, Meier's thing. I'm fine thing. with that. I, I I don't mind games being as specialized as they fucking want to be. I got no problem there. Euro Truck Simulator Two is an amazing game. Absolutely. <laughs> Do not expect anything other than what it says. I want Australia Truck Simulator. You just drive across the Nullarbor for twelve hours at a time. <laughs> you hope you don't die. It'd be like Desert Bus. So only with the occasional eagle that you really want to not clean up <laughs> alright so now we have this This game gets to be held up as a sort of uh, critically dropped ball <laughs> I just had this wonderful moment of a gamer sitting there after 12 hours going shit I had a wombat <laughs> <laughs> but no this game critically dropped ball <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's how I'll I'm let doing. you fill in the rest <clears throat> yes this, this is one of those games that... Never- I'll let you fill in the rest is also <laughs> my OKQ profile name. <laughs> so, um, this, this is a game where... A woo! <laughs> Timing! It's also an okay cubic revolving. <laughs> this is the last one. If we can just get over the line. <laughs> so this is a game. Band! <laughs> so this is a game. Where critics of now claim, oh, I've always really loved that game, despite the fact that at the time they rated it rather poorly. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus? PlayStation 2 game? No, not Shadow of the Colossus. <sighs> Shinji Mikami directed this game. Who? <laughs> uh, Shinji Mikami also directed the Resident uh, Evil games. I don't know what the hell else he's done. This game is... Uh, is Mega Man Legends? No. It's a it's a brawler. It's a it's generally regarded as basically the best PlayStation Two brawler that happened. There brawl- uh, heavy use of combo there systems. Brawlers on the PlayStation Two. Yeah, it's like a Devil May Cry or something. Uh it's kind of pre Devil May Cry's idea. Oh wait, is this Beautiful Joe? No, no, third person uh, punch him up brawler. God hand, not sprites. God hand. I have not heard of this. Yeah, God Hand is a uh, it's it, it actually is a really good summary. Yeah, I haven't heard of God Hand. <laughs> it's a uh, it's thing. It's yeah. I'm it going to assume it's unrelated to the God Hand who appeared in Our uh, Guys. Yeah, completely unrelated. 
God Hand is the kind of game that tells you as a player there are 100 distinct moves. You need to use them all well. And most of them are punching. Also, yeah. Also, if you fuck up your combo, all the combo goes. So, ha ha ha. It's just kind of how it's, combos it's, work. It's a, it's a get good scrub game. Yes. <laughs> it is, it, to call it overtuned would probably be an understatement. However, if you've seen someone who is good at God Hand play God Hand, wow. <laughs> it, it's 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 Ikaruga level mastery kind of game. Uh, also, kind of homophobic. Um, yeah, the y- you can't be sure if it's actual homophobia or just really really thoughtless stereotyping. But it's it's makes no difference basically. <laughs> it's also a game where periodically, if you take too long, Satan will turn up to chase you. God hand. Brad. God hand is does. Have the it's campy as hell. Yeah, I don't know if in many ways a spiritual predecessor to Devil May Cry. Yeah, well, successor it came after Devil May Cry. Yeah, true. Good oh, point. I My, thought you said yeah, no, no, I was wrong. Hey, it's got to happen every podcast. Oh well. <laughs> For a minute there, I thought it was innovative. <laughs> well, it was kind of innovative in that just the sheer scope of its combo system. It's kind of a spiritual so Devil May Cry. For... People who thought Devil May Cry wasn't hard enough. It's a spiritual <laughs> pre- it's a spiritual predecessor to to Bayonetta. Yeah, that's how over the top we're talking. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, and at the time it got fairly critically panned, and about three years later, all these Let's Players are like, "Well, I know no one likes this game, but I'm going to show it off because I really like it." And then all of a sudden, this community of like, "Holy shit, this game looks awesome!" And now it's a chase title. So this is what we're going to do for Grand Shark Order, right? <laughs> we are going to make we're, Shark we're gonna happen. We're going to begin the revival. <laughs> we're going to make Shark happen. I declare it Shark Week! In one last thing about Hotline Miami 2. When is too, Shark Week? Um, like every couple every, of months. Every, I, I, I see Shark Week like every other day or something now. It's. <laughs> I think the shark people have infested our government. <laughs> Thank you, listener, for tuning into the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Until next week, that's been Fox. That's been Jeff. And that's Metallic. And in the words of our... Am- woo Later, nerds.